Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse Duplantis. And I'm Kathy Duplantis, and we welcome you to our boardroom chat again. I'll tell you what, these boardroom chats are... They're becoming famous. <laughs> they really I like to are. use the word. I mean, and we're having fun doing that. Oh, yeah. And but they're very informative, I find, you know. And uh, and we like to make it so homey, like we're sitting on your couch in your living room. And I love the it. opportunity to interrupt you every Yeah, she interrupts I me can. all the time. From the day I met her, she's interrupted me. <laughs> I tried to kiss her for the first time. Mm, she stuck her hand up. <laughs> so I kissed her hand. Praise no. <laughs> Interrupter. We just came back from a tour in the Scandinavian com uh, countries, and I said, who is my interpreter? And what did she say? Uh, Lena, she was, that was in Denmark, and she said, I will be your interrupter. <laughs> and it was so funny, because she meant it, she was a great interpreter. Oh, man, though. she was, perfect. And she really didn't interrupt you, she did. She, yeah. I mean, y'all looked like you had a great back and forth flow. Well, we did, it was such a blessing. She's a great lady. Hallelujah, God is so good. Well, we've been doing something called The Four Jobs of Jesus, this is our fourth week and final week of it. He has four jobs, and I, I have to say it every time. You need to go back to the first part, and then the second part, and then the third part, and then this one here we're about ready to do. What does Jesus do? For lack of a better way to say, when he gets up in the morning, now, you know, you don't sleep in heaven, you know, they don't need to. But, I mean, what is his main job? Well, number one, he is a high priest. Right. And that's such a blessing. We need a high priest oh, yes. in our lives. Number two, he's a mediator, <clears throat> which means he never leaves you or forsakes you. He mediates. and Everybody needs a mediator. Number three, he's an intercessor. Mm -hmm. And I said last week, how, how can you be born again? Why would you need an intercessor? Because of your unrenewed mind, you strain your fellowship with God. Right. So you need an intercessor. Now, I want to deal with the fourth one. And buddy, everybody needs this. Mm -hmm. His fourth job is, is that he's an advocate. Right. What does the word advocate mean? An attorney. Mm -hmm. He's a lawyer that will fight for you when Satan brings a case up against you. Right. And you know, I never thought I'd need as many lawyers as I do today <laughs> in my ministry. Who else thought? I thought, I don't need no lawyers in the ministry. Man, I got, I got tax attorneys. I got litigation attorneys. I got all kinds of attorneys, you know, because we always got doing something. It's just amazing. I got some good ones too. Let me just say that. Some Washington, D.C. lawyers and, and uh, Louisiana lawyers and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I but looked up the definition while you were saying that. And it says a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. That's, That's an true. advocate. That's an advocate. Uh -huh. And I want to go to, if you got a Bible or your iPad or your phone, because we always like to back it up with Scripture. Right. Is 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Now, you can read I it in, in, in any uh, translation you want. Okay. I'm going to read out the old King James. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He, he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Mm. Isn't that a blessing of God that we got someone that can fight for us that's on our side? Mm -hmm. An advocate, a lawyer. Now, Kathy, read it in a different translation okay, if you don't mind. Okay, the Amplified says, My little children, I write you those th these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin. But if anyone should sin, we have an advocate. One who will intercede for us with the Father. It is Jesus Christ, the all-righteous, upright, just, who conforms to his Father's will in every thought, Praise God. every purpose, thought, and action. 
Now think about that for a minute. He is such a blessing. Do you want another translation you'd like to read it? Uh, look for that. Look for that. See, see what, what the you think before I get says, into this. You are my dear children, and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we continually have a forgiving Redeemer who is face to face with the Father. Oh, I like Jesus that. Jesus the Christ, the righteous one. Now, what, what translation is That's that? That's the passion. That's the passion. Yeah, let Hold me see what the NLT says. I okay. like the NLT a lot. It says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, Ooh, like the that. one who is truly righteous. So everybody... That's a pleading. That's, that's a plea. That's a court term. That's a we court all understand term. that. We need how do you plead? an advocate. How do you plead? I plead the blood. Plead That's the how blood. I plead, praise God. And it's just such a blessing of <laughs> right. the Lord. So when the Lord gave me this, this was many, many years ago. This is what Jesus does on, on a present day. Four jobs. High priest, mediator, intercessor, mm -hmm. advocate. Now let's deal with the advocate. Why do we need an advocate? Let me tell you why. No Christian, you can write it down, should remain in broken fellowship any longer than it takes to ask for forgiveness. Mm. That's so true. That's that quick. That's what an advocate, that devil says, I, I curse you. You deserve hell. That lawyer jumps up and says, I, 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 he, he makes an objection. I object. No, he has asked me to forgive him. I have expunged his record, Heavenly Father. There is no sin against this man or this woman. The father goes, case closed. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> see, everyone needs an advocate to talk for them. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because and yet so many people say, you know, they stay in broken fellowship when they don't have to because Jesus has given us his name and it's, it's probably the greatest gift other mm -hmm. than salvation. And that means the power of attorney to use his name in every which way, shape, and form. So think about that. So, I, you know, sometimes I make mistakes. You know what I mean? I mean, I mess up. But I don't stay in broken fellowship very long. But when I go, oh, God, forgive me, I repent of that. That's why and you appreciate does. the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to convict. Well, right? you know, let, let me explain a little doctrinal thing. I, I know I'm saved by grace. But Jesus said, be ye holy for I am holy. People say, why do you repent? You, I've heard some people say, you, you, you don't have to repent. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. You see, why? Because, you see, uh, I repent because to sanctify myself. To be ye holy, for I am holy. Yeah, That's, you have to understand yeah, the, what the word simple. repentance means. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm remorseful or I'm sorry. It means I change, turn around, go do it right. God's way. Well, turn, you are turn. you are remorseful. Rep you're sorry that you did it, but, but it's, it's it, turned it goes around. farther yeah. than that than being sorrow or remorseful. Yeah. It goes to the point where you're going to turn around and repent means change. Well, a lot of people ask Jesus for forgiveness, but they don't repent. Turn That's the from your, you're doing your, right. your, your way and do it God's way. So I believe right now I'm, I'm talking to some people, you, you're in broken fellowship with God. Why? You have a lawyer stand up and said, I'll fight your case. I promise you I'll win this case. Hmm. I don't care what Satan says about you. I will win this case for you because the judge just happens to be my daddy. Yeah, they call him <laughs> a slam dunk. A slam dunk, glory <laughs> to God. So notice the point, no one should remain in broken fellowship any longer than it takes to ask for forgiveness. Hallelujah. That just blesses me to no end when I think about that. Right. Well, you talk about safe. I mean, you sliding in the home plate, safe. <laughs> it don't make no difference what the devil says. It is such a blessing of the Lord. I want to read that verse again. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. I love that. You know, the uh, Passion the Translation. Can I finish reading it? Yeah. 
Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Go ahead. Right. The word advocate, if you look at the little reference point for this verse in the Passion Translation, it says advocate. It says the Aramaic can be translated as the Redeemer who ends the curse. Oh, I like that. It's Isn't even that better. great? The Redeemer who ends, ends the, the curse. curse. Man, I won't tell you. He has. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's right. He's redeemed us from all curses. Yes. Think about that. And no matter what happens, he can say he, his blood paid the price for oh, all that. Yeah. We apply the blood. We plead the blood. We plead the And, and we tell you about the blood of Jesus. It's a wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful thing because without that blood, we, it doesn't cover our sins. It washes our sin Hallelujah. away. So you shouldn't stay in any broken fellowship any longer than to say, Jesus, forgive me. And he'll stand up and win your case every time. Listen to this. Jesus has never lost a case with people who have been honest with him. Mm. That's, That's a good lawyer. That's so true. Your lawyer needs to know everything you know. Yeah. You can't lie to your lawyer. <laughs> you can't lie to your advocate. That's right. And he's never lost a case against, against anything that people have been honest with. Now, some people have been dishonest. Uh -huh. Notice you, how, how you can mess up the word honest with three letters. Dishonest. Mm -hmm. you get rid of the dis. You have been dissed. Just get rid of that. Yeah. You see, when you understand you that. You have to take ownership of oh, what yeah. you did. Claim, you know, realize that, you know, you can't do it like Adam did. It's the woman. It's that hey, woman thou givest Eve me. Eve said it was the, the, the serpent. Yeah. You know, you have to take, yeah. even no matter what someone else does or tries to influence you, ultimately you're the, the, the uh, one who makes the choice. That's and right. And you have to recognize that. You, and and it's, see, so I, I, it, you, you've got, got a own. great lawyer. <laughs> Remember the show Perry Mason? You oh, always won, boy. I mean, it. you think, man, I like it when Perry at the end, he just nailed him to the wall, son. <laughs> and uh, oh, what's the name there? The, the, the uh, prosecutor won, was Mr. Hamilton. He won Mr. every Hamilton. case on the... Mr. On Hamilton, the, he would just get so frustrated. He won every case. Oh, I mean, it was just amazing. And the same way Jesus will win every case. If we're, go to he has won every yes, case. Yes, yes. See, you got to understand something about the Lord as compared to Satan. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Let, let, let me, let me, I, I, it's a story coming up in my mind. Um, one time I was so aggravated... I said, the devil, I said, Lord, seems like the devil defeats me all the time and a lot of things. This is many, many years ago, probably 45 years ago. And the Lord said this, well, I taught him everything he knows. And I got mad about that. I said, well, thanks a lot. That's really helping me out. He said, Jesse, stop. Uh -huh. Yeah, I taught him everything he knows, but I didn't teach him everything I know. That's a big difference. And if you obey me, I will teach you everything I know. Mm. I thought, yes, sir, I'm yours to command, see? That's what I'm talking about, That's see? Good. And it, let me read that point again. Jesus has never lost a case with people who have been honest with him. And, you know, it's just such amazing to me. I, I, one time someone picked me up in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I was going to preach uh, in Rowlett, Texas. This mm -hmm. is many years ago. And this person picked me up, and, uh, and as we were walking, they said, I just want to ask you a question. You believe in healing? I said, I certainly do. He said, well, Sister So-and-so was a wonderful person in our church, and she died. And what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. And we prayed. We believed. We did everything. We did all we know to do. And, you know, you say that by Jesus' stripes, she's healed. Yeah. So, so he was really questioning whether Jesus heals everybody. And he wasn't saying those exact words. And so I asked him, I said, well, did she die in faith? And he said, what? I said, did she die in faith? He said, well, yes, she died in faith. I said, then what are you criticizing? The Bible said in the book of Hebrews, these all died in faith, not receiving the promise. 
Jesus, go read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, read it all. It's, it's called the Hall of Faith right, chapter. Right. You'll find where Jesus came to heal people and deliver people and they went, women went, no, mm. no, don't deliver so we can obtain a better resurrection. See, a lot of times people see things you don't see at that time. Mm. I've seen people believe in God for healing. I've seen it happen so many times and I'm believing with them. All of a sudden Christ walk into that room. I can't see them. They see them, they go, oh, and they'll go, Oh, Jesus. Once they see Jesus, they're not staying on the planet. They're going to heaven with the Lord. A prime example of that was my cousin, RJ. I'll never forget RJ. Hmm. Uh, and he got cancer. He was only 30, I think 33. And everybody believed in God for RJ to be healed. And he got so weak and he was, he was, he was just, he, he couldn't, you know, lean, get up in the bed, just laying like that. And to make a long story short, the Lord walked into his room. All of a sudden, R.J. went like this and sat up in the bed and was looking in the corner. And I think my Aunt Barbara was there. And you can't see nothing, but she knew her presence was in that room. And I believe he said, healing? Now, we believe in the, what a simple thing. Right. That's nothing. Healing, nothing. And he did this, Jesus. And his arms slowly went down, and he went home to be with the Lord. Now, was he believing? Yeah. But you see, he when died. he saw Christ, he got his healing, that's he, for sure. He died in now, we wanted him here, but... He, but he decided. He, that's his death and life's in the power of their tongue. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on, see? And, and when you understand that, I mean, I, it's just the most amazing thing mm -hmm. to see those kind of things. Mm -hmm. and, 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 to, and I have experienced that being a minister. I mean, I've learned something that you marry their living and you bury their dead. That's a part of a minister's life. All, all, all his or her life is just the way it is, you see. So when you understand this, that Jesus is our advocate, mm. and he's won every case. People ask me all the time, but just, you just don't seem like to care about trouble. Why should I? I got the judge on my side, and I got the best lawyer in the world. Yeah. It don't make a difference. So it doesn't matter what the accuser says. The accuser can say all he wants. I don't listen to him. No. I listen to my lawyer. Yeah. I'll never forget years and years ago, <laughs> oh, yeah. me, uh, my brother-in-law, Jules, and he's a pastor now, a great pastor, and a great preacher of the gospel, called to France. He loves France. Mm -hmm. Joe's and Deborah Bouquet. Make a long story short. He said, hey, Jesse, you want to see Muhammad Ali? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, Muhammad Ali is in court in New Orleans. Somebody was suing him about something. He said, you want to go in and sit, sit in the courtroom? Because I could with him, you know, because he's a lawyer. I said, yeah. So I walked in, man, and Muhammad Ali was maybe, I don't know, 20 feet from me. I didn't realize how big he was. He's a pretty big man, yeah. you know. And uh, they were talking and somebody was suing him about something. I don't know. All of a sudden, the doors open up. And in walks smoking Joe Fraser <laughs> from Philadelphia. I looked and he walked right by me. Man. I mean, about as close as I'm together. Because he was called to be a witness for Muhammad, mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali. So he walks up like that. And these microphones <laughs> and on the witness, well, like, you know what goosenecks are? A gooseneck, they kind of... Uh, you it's take like a mic, a you table go, that can be adjusted. yeah, you can yep. do it like that. Yeah. So the mics are like this. So man, I mean, it was real quiet. You, I mean, you don't. This is a federal court. You, you, you don't jump. You don't scream. You don't holler. <laughs> you don't approach that. You, you go to the. I call it a little pulpit, and, and then you have to ask to, to approach the witness. You have to ask that judge. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So watch it. So they brought boy. He come walking, and I realized how big he was too. I said, Good Lord, man. So there's Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. You know. Uh, and uh, so he goes to Joe sits down like that. He grabs him two microphones, <laughs> pulls him up close to him like that. 
And uh, Muhammad Ali's uh, lawyer says, would you please state your name? And Joe Frazier said, I'm smoking Joe Frazier from Philadelphia. He said, why are you here? He said, uh, my lawyer told me to come here. I do everything my lawyer says. <laughs> That's why I'm here. And, I, and they started, it's, people started snickering, laughing a little bit. Quiet in the court. Swallow your laughter, son. You, you, you don't play games, and that's great power. And I think Muhammad won his case. But you see, what happened is that lawyer for Muhammad Ali was phenomenal. Did he know how to talk? And he'd also make a witness say something he wanted them to say. He just knew how to do that, you know. Mm. Well, you see, that's what Jesus does. He's our advocate. He's our high priest, number one. Mm. He's our mediator, number two. He's our intercessor, number three, but thank God he's our lawyer, number four. Mm -hmm. See, so let me say it again. Jesus has never lost a case with people who have been honest with him. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why he's so good, this point, Jesus won't allow any evidence against you in court. Why? Because of the blood. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cover sin. Right. It washes it away. As though it never existed. That's right. You see, what happened in the old covenant uh, they put the sin, the, the, they, they repented, put the sins on a scapegoat and sent him out, but they had to repent every year. See, uh, and, and uh, the only, word atonement, it only for the, the word atonement is not in the Bible, not in the old, old King James, it's in the New Greek Testament because the word atonement means to cover. He, Jesus didn't atone, he washed it away, which means he doesn't allow any evidence in any way, shape, or form to come against you because your record has been expunged. Uh, uh, here's another story. I'll never forget. This was many, many years ago. I gave an altar call, and I'll keep it private at the city and the town I was in. And I remember it so, so, so vividly. It was on a Wednesday night. It was, it was closeout night. of a, I used to preach Sunday through Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. And uh, anyway, uh, I gave an altar call, and about eight people came forward and truly got born again. There was this beautiful lady standing right in front of tears, just kind of, the reason why I remember, not because she was pretty, because she was very beautiful, but that woman had some biggest tears I've ever seen in my life. I mean, she was just really repentant and cried, you know. Right. And all that kind of stuff. So after we finished, they repented, you know, of the sin. So I, had, I said, now y'all go to the back. We want to give you a booklet and give you some instruction and, and personally pray for you. Okay. So they moved them all. You've seen that in churches, how they do that. And, uh, well, after the service, uh, right before we uh, dismissed, the, the people that had just got born again came walking back into the church, you know, after uh, the people had ministered to them. And so the pastor, uh, you know, he, you know, uh, dismissed the church. And the, and the lady come up, she said, could I, could I speak to you for a second? Now, I didn't know this lady from Adam. She had just got born again. I said, yes, ma'am. I, mean, I didn't know who she was, you know. So she kind of waited till people walked away. And she says, and man, she's got a head. She said, I've committed adultery. And I looked at her like I'm looking at you, and I went, no, you haven't. She goes, her eyes got kind of a little big, like, oh. she said, I, I believe I did. I said, no, you didn't. She said, what did you say? I said, you didn't commit adultery at all. She said, I didn't. I said, did you just get saved? She said, yes. I said, you repented of your sin? Yes. I said, the Lord doesn't know what we're talking about in this conversation because he didn't cover your sin. He washed it away. He expunged your record. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. He has no idea why we're saying this. She lit up like a light. Right. I said, never speak of it again right. because it doesn't exist. Right. 
Right. See what I'm saying? Right. Hey, just That's what the lawyer did for that lawyer. Jesus right. Christ, the righteous. Go ahead, I want Kevin. you to explain the difference between conviction and condemnation because a lot of people oh, get okay. confused on all yeah. that. Well, see, she was under condemnation. Exactly. See, condemnation makes you feel bad. You low down, dirty dog, piece of trash from hell. You know, just, just dump garbage on you. Which Con is what was happening it was to her after Because her... she don't know. Right. Con uh, conviction does not make you feel bad. It opens your eyes to the truth and you go, oh, I'm not going to do that no more. I'll never do that. See, right. but condemnation is it. You'll never. There's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. We mean you're not guilty because right. he washed it away. Conviction. I love conviction. See, because it opens your eyes to the truth to say, wait a minute. I'm not doing that no more. Wait a minute. I'm stopping. That, that's it. That's the last time I ever do that. And you see, I, I prefer people to live by the convictions than by their opinions. That's good. Because opinions are transitory forms of thought floating on the ocean of life. They change with every wave. Everybody's got some opinion, but a conviction based actually on, puts you in your truth, right. Yeah, it, It's based on what truth is and it keeps you in, in the lane. So let me say this, condemnation makes you feel guilty. And boy, the church world uses condemnation all the time. Hmm. Conviction makes you feel healthy. Wait a minute, opens your eyes to the truth and you go, I'm not doing that no more and you finish. That's what I mean by repentance. You don't just ask for forgiveness. You change. You turn from it and go the other way. I was thinking about when you're saying that about your, the story your dad tells about when this man that was like the drunk in town and got oh, born. Oh, yeah. And I got said, Porsche, Louisiana. I love that story. Y'all have so many great stories, and I love it when you share the stories. Tell, you want me to tell that story? Yeah. This is when I'm 15 years old, all right? My daddy wanted me to go to Porn Pornish is a little town down south Louisiana. Okay. In Terrebonne Parish, In right? Terrebonne Parish, yeah. Now, make a long story short. This guy that, that lived down there, all fishermen, mostly fishermen people, and shrimp boats and things of that nature. He was a drunk of drunks. I mean, he was the drunk of Pontichan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, he got born again, totally, completely saved. <laughs> what a blessing. Man, everybody shouted in, in the little fishing community there. Well, <laughs> that was a, a night he came to the service, and then my, my dad had that service. Only reason I was there, I was a heathen from hell, because my daddy asked me to play guitar for his service, you know, and I, I hated it. I didn't want to go to no church, but I said, uh, he said, I'll give you a couple of bucks. I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so, I, you know, so why says, the next day we went there, daddy wanted to eat lunch with somebody, uh, somebody everybody, and there's the guy, he's drunk as a skunk. I mean, almost falling down drunk. <laughs> so my daddy, he goes, how you doing, brother Paul? Oh, I mean, enough to knock you down with all the whiskey. <laughs> He said, man, you can't do that no more. He goes, what did I do wrong? He said, you drinking and you drunk. He said, well, every time I felt that good, I always got drunk. I mean, he's celebrating. <laughs> he said, I'm celebrating my salvation. <laughs> oh, and watch this. I mean, you know. I mean, he just didn't know. He didn't know. He and, had never and daddy heard said, that. You can't do that. He said, man, that's wrong. You're born again. He goes, oh, well, I didn't know. I'll never do it again. And he never drank another right. day. That's that man good. didn't that, sin. Yeah. See, he didn't sin. And your dad was saying that not to condemn him, no, but to help him. To help him. But I mean, he said, every time I feel this good, I go get drunk. Story. I enjoy myself. Because he was celebrating his salvation. I mean, he loaded. That's all he knew. But he never, ever After that, did it again. He never. Right. And I think he became pastor of that church later on. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? See, I mean, all God, my dad was giving him conviction, not condemnation. To make him see the truth. Boy, he picked up on the truth, 
just like that. So good. Wasn't that wonderful? Now, you see, somebody could have beat him in the head, spiritually speaking, you know, and hurt him. and Told him they wasn't really you know, saved. Yeah, you never true. No, you don't do those things. Mm -hmm. See, that was the advocate Jesus saying. Yep. That boy didn't sin. He just didn't know. So Jesus expunged his record and made him a preacher. Yeah, and he asked forgiveness. Asked for, oh, yeah, and you said, I'll never do it again. And people thought, they waited for years for him to get drunk again because how do you quit drinking just like well, that? you did. I did when I, I mean, I mean, I drank, I would eat eggs and bacon and drink scotch and soda or scotch and water at seven o'clock in the morning. And by two o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't finish the fifth. That's before you got born again. Before I got born again. Mm -hmm. She wants me to. Gotta make sure you get that. <laughs> and then I'd start drinking at night because I was a rock entertainer, drinking all the time, you know. But when I got born again, my God, did Jesus come in and just take care of me? He declared me righteous. He expunged my record. You didn't even have God. withdrawals that I remember, None, and I zero. was with you every day. And I should have had withdrawals. There was the, no Dr. Haydell, It didn't Tommy seem Haydell, like it even pulled on yeah, you. Yeah, Dr. Tommy Haydell told me when I was 18 years old, uh, I think he's passed now, there in Homer, Louisiana, you will have cirrhosis of the liver by the time you're 24 years old. You're not going to make it. And mm -hmm. I, you think I can't? I said, so what? I don't plan on living long anyway. I'm going to partay. I was just crazy, you know, and those kind of things. God... Clean, and, and Kathy said I had to learn a new language because every other word was a cuss word. I mean, I hated church. I hated anything. But when God saved me, I like. What, I asked the Lord, and I know some people struggle with things after they're born again sometimes with drugs or booze they, or whatever. They got to learn, you know. Yeah. Well, why not you just because you better? No. You know what? I asked the Lord, why did I, I was this. instantly completely delivered? And God gave me this wonderful statement. I have. I'll never forget it. He said, you let the purity of the gospel go as far as the pollution of sin. That was like a scalpel. It went inside of me and cut sin out. And Jesus declared me righteous before the high court of heaven. Hallelujah. Good. God, that's a good law. That is huh? good. Yeah. I mean, very few people can practice at the United States Supreme Court. Yeah, that's true. You don't just go to that court. Right. That nine judges there. Right. The, you know what I'm saying? But, buddy, and you, you respect that. Mm -hmm. uh, may, I, may I approach the, uh, the bench? May I approach the court? Mm -hmm. Or if the court pleases. I mean, you know, hey, that, that's big. And, so, and I've never struggled with any of it. Why? Because, see, I was already, after I got born again, I was, why would I let anything control me when I was controlled by my high priest, mm -hmm. by my mediator? by my intercessor and by my advocate, right. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Mm, that's good. My God, good I'll never forget that. And you were so excited when that happened. In fact, the next day, I think I went to church, huh? That's true, yeah. I was so glad because I had tried, I'd tried to bring you to church a few times and, and you came a lot. We had a lot of bad experiences. I remember the last time I brought you to church, you cursed out the pastor. So on you Sunday told me, morning in front Sunday of everybody. morning. So you said, "Don't ever invite me to church oh, again." I was crazy, so man. I had I to, like... I had to go stealth, is how I say, pray for you <laughs> in the night and look for opportunities for you to hear the gospel. And I remember that day we were in she, Boston. She went undercover. <laughs> undercover. Undercover. She's an undercover sister. brother. Undercover, undercover sister. Undercover sister. <laughs> right, but um, I think. The point, though, is that you, we gave God 100% of our lives. Oh, yeah. I did when I got born again. Everything was all about Jesus, all about God. What did he want? What can I do to please him? And it wasn't him? about religion, huh, Kathy? Not at all. It was a relationship, point. and it was so supernatural. Because, you know, I grew up Catholic. I had said, said this before. You know, I knew, went through catechism, all these things. I knew the prayers. I, 
you know, I knew the story, but it wasn't life to me. It wasn't real. This was so totally different. And then when you got born again, you went in 100% as well. And that was the phrase we started using with 100%. our brother-in-law, 100%. Because I remember the brother-in-law that we witnessed to the Lord that you were talking about earlier, about Jules, how he, uh, when he got time. born again, uh, he had he had this massive liquor collection. Because he had that's the what best I, liquor that's what, <laughs> anybody could ever have. That's what lawyers do. The and best. they would give it the best as gifts. I mean, he had, it was his... Well, I never forget he no called more. me up and he said, man. I got born. He know. said, I mean, I'm talking St. James Scotch. Yeah, he's talking <laughs> better than Chevis Regal. I mean, I'm talking, I mean, if you're, if you're a sinner, you know, I mean, he had the best everything. Anna set. You ever heard of Anna set? Everything. He so he, he calls me and he said, he said, the Lord, yeah, man, that's got a lot of money. I mean, that's right. a lot of money he bought. He said, Lord's telling me, I got to get rid of this stuff. I said, I'm coming over. Because he didn't drink I'm it help. No, he, he, after he got born again, but he didn't want to have the heart to throw it away. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. And he didn't want to give it to anybody. No. Nope. I said, I'm coming over it. to help you pour it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have said, man, we poured this expensive liquor. <laughs> and kept saying 100%. 100%, Lord. 100%. We will give you 100%. I said, close your eyes, Margaret. And then I used to love Scott before I was saved. And I mean, I was a Scotch drinker, and I like it. And when I saw him going to that real high dollar, Guy, I closed my eyes. 100% Jesus. 100%. We must have filled up a whole, oh, a good full garbage bag full of empty bottles. I'm talking about, and they put it out. Of, and then they thought, what is the garbage man? And the garbage man said, boy, they must have had a party. So I'm looking at me. I'm telling you, it was, the thing with the garbage thing was good. It was just like one of them hefty bags, you know? And uh, But 100%. 100% and never and went no, back to it. Never looked back. Never looked back. Because that's the kind God. of life, it was kind of funny, life you know? commitment that we had before God. And that's what keeps you on that yeah. straight and narrow is making that quality yeah. decision to stay with All God right. and live a holy and, life. And, you know, and yet we, until today, we have never lost that passion Amen. of our salvation. And we just enjoy it. Because, you know, we don't want to offend you and or... Or try to hurt our Heavenly Father in any way, shape, or form. And you know, you know I've often, we often say too, because once we found Jesus, there's no high like the most high. Yeah. I mean, because you got high a lot. Oh, did, did I get high? <laughs> My God. Well, I, I really wasn't a drink or anything. No, she, like, I, Kathy I have was to, a have to good go. person, even in sin. That's why I did. I thought when she got saved, I said, well, ain't nothing changed. You don't do nothing, woman. You know, I mean, why don't you stay or something? Do, do something wrong, you know, that kind of stuff. She never was, you see. But when I got born again, ooh, ooh. Now, I felt let the Lord say that. You know, I never struggled with preachers who had finance, even when I was a sinner. Right, I remember. I remember that. one time somebody said something about Billy Graham. I didn't know Billy Graham from Adam. This is before I would say, well, he make a lot of money. And I looked at my friend and I said, well, he fills up stadiums, he ought to make a lot of money. I said, if we filled up a stadium, they'd pay us a lot of money. Why are they so resentful of that? I don't know, I don't know. It's just, it's That's amazing. The because the only power Undermine. Satan has is finance. Mm -hmm. He controls the world through finance. You want to shut a country down? Put sanctions against them. Nobody deal with them. Nobody trade with them. Man, it'll shut them down. See? I mean, you take their money away to, to, to fight war because they can't buy weapons. You shut them down, see? And, you know, so we ask people to give to this ministry, not because we're hurting, but so we can reach people and change lives one soul at a time. I want to thank our partners who, of all these years, 47 years of preaching this gospel, Broadcast television and our social media, we've never had a financial and deficit. travel meetings, right. I ask you, if you're not a partner, pray about becoming one. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, because it's fun giving to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not giving to me. 100% of your finance goes into world evangelism. That's what it's all about. So I ask you today, pray about becoming a partner. 
I'll reach more people for Jesus. If you'd like to be a partner today, you can go to our website, jdm.org, hit a donate button, you can give that way. You can use a PayPal if you want to. You can text to give a one-time gift or a recurring one if you want, or you can mail in your donation. 100% of it goes in the world evangelism. Everything you see on this set, see that sign oh, right here? That sign back at JDM, just for a minute, that was bought by partners. See them curtains? Bought by partners. This table, bought by partners. I'm gonna this uh, uh, cup that says JDM on it, bought by partners. 100%. And you know who's partner? This little lady right here. And me too. All the cameras, all those things. So we can reach people, change lives one soul at a time. That's how we think about money. Not so we can just go buy something. We want to reach people. I came back. I went to the Scandinavian countries. I don't normally tell people what I, what I, and I never charge churches when I go. Never do. I'll receive an offering because I'm supposed to do that according to the scripture, but it's not to meet my expenses. I flew over there and they couldn't believe it. I spent $121,000 to go preach for these people. And they couldn't get over it. They said, well, what, what do you owe you? I said, nothing. You want to give an offering? Fine. You don't? Fine. I, you know, when you come, uh, if you notice any meetings that we do, we never charge registration fees. Not being critical of anybody that does. Please don't, don't accept that. We just made up our mind. You want to come? Just get yourself there. That's just that. We, no registration fee. None of that stuff. We literally live by faith. And you know what? We live good. It's just such a blessing of God to be ministering to it. Now, they're giving me a little, uh, in my, uh, what do they call that thing? Uh, teleprompter. Teleprompter. Uh, visionary conferences this week. That's right. Oh, you, if you've never been to one of our visionary conferences, you need to come. Yes. It's July the 13th, this Thursday at 7 p.m. and Friday, July the 14th at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. right here at, at Jesse Pence International Headquarters. Registration is free. In Louisiana, it's a and suburb admissions of New free. Orleans, right? It's registration free, admission, and we're going to receive an offer. But that's up to you if you want to give to it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know more about the details, go to jdm.org. So once again, partners, can, can I pray for my partners? Father, bless our partners. Thank you, Lord. Hundredfold. Thank you, Jesus. Each and every one. And all those that we talked to today, Lord, I hope we open their eyes to see how you are a high priest. Yes. How you are a mediator. How you are an intercessor. Amen. And how you are an advocate. Right. Never lost the case. Father, I thank you for it. I believe you for it. And I call it done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Amen Jesus. and amen. Thank you for being so kind to us. If you ever get a chance to come, please come to the Visionary if you can. And if you can't, then if you ever come to New Orleans, we've got some of the greatest food in the world. Plus, you, maybe you can come. And Kathy is the pastor of Covenant Church. Does a wonderful and glorious job doing that while I'm out all over the road preaching. And then every once in a while, I get a chance to preach at the church and things of that nature myself. Then she'll fly out and go preach. It's just amazing. A few months back, I was in California. I flew back, and then she had to go to California and preach. I mean, we, <laughs> just the way it is, you know, and God has been so good. Thank you for all that you do for this ministry. Until next week, this is Jesse and Kathy saying we love you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.